Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Art of Living Spiritually with your host, Miss Reverend Trish Hall. And it's been a few weeks now here on Main Street Universe that she has been with us. And we'll be right back with our discussion. And again, we're going to continue to expand, continue to grow. And I think Reverend Trish is sort of this, the new positive sign of our of our new growth. And I think she does a great job when she discusses something. So we will be right back with Reverend Trish with the art of living spiritually. Join us in our circle. Your mic is on, and welcome again to Main Street Universe and to your show, The Art of Living Spiritually. It's great to have you on our network. Thank you so much. And so as we open to the realization that we are all in this together and that we are all expressions of one divine creator, we sense that we need to say yes to that impulsion of spirit to be spiritual activists growing individually and supporting all other expressions of the divine. Teilhard de Chardin said, the universe as we know it is a joint product of the observer and the observed. And so what he is telling us is we are creating this moment by moment. And so this evening we're going to talk about um, a fun subject, and that is about how we create and how we use spiritual principle consciously or otherwise. And so if I were to ask you, what if you were told about a guaranteed way to have a richer, more abundant, successful, and fulfilled life? Would you say, yes, thank you, more please? Or would you say, oh, sure, while thinking just another scam, more false promises, which side of that would you be on? And so Me personally, I, you mean? Yeah, I'll ask you. Or for the conversation. One. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me, I would believe it absolutely so. I would also say that the conflict 
is not in the laws themselves of the universe or how whatever make people comfortable. I think it's in people believing that it's possible, getting yourself to be in the belief, including myself having struggle. Everybody can. Your doubts, your insecurities, your rejections, all the things that can get in the way. Well, and and the thing with that is that, like it or not, you're using principle. It is totally that matter of belief. It is. Do you believe that uh, some that such an outcome can be assured? It's guaranteed, depending, of course, on whether or not you're open to it. And so many people have come to that, oh, sure, yeah, uh, it's probably just another false promise. And that's kind of sad. So living spiritually is about living consciously, being mindful and flexible. We're going to consider how you can be a a spiritual activist and witness simultaneously. That is, be your own observer and be active rather than sitting on a cushion watching life go by. So, right. Ernest, yeah, Ernest Holmes said, we should always be breaking down old patterns of thought and creating new ones for a greater vision. And that's really the call to being uh, awake and alert and living consciously. So many of us uh, go through life uh, with this just habitual thinking. And I love to ask people on the subject of habitual thinking is uh, if you are willing, tomorrow morning will you put the other foot in first? That is, when you are putting your foot in your underwear or in your trousers, put the other foot first. And you can discover how habitual you may be starting your day or even as the day moves on because we all have ways that we sort of get up and get organized. So um, are you willing to try to put the other foot in first? Of course. Good. So today we're going to look at how old beliefs often run our lives when we think they're, uh, and even when we think we've already cleared them out, when we're doing this observation thing, we, uh, we can see when we really are being our own witness, we can see how we may have thought we got rid of an old habit, but, uh, just recently, uh, one of my students said that uh, an exercise we had done in a class, all of a sudden he realized that he has been retaining and redoing that old behavior so unconsciously that he didn't even think it was there. We were talking about doing affirmative prayer versus traditional prayer. And he mm-hmm. said, oh, I I was just sure I had totally cleared out the old way. And he said, I realized I hadn't. It was still in there. I still was trying to barter with God and plead with God and say, oh, give me. Uh, And so um, I 
most of us um, can haul up old stories about how um, life didn't treat us the way we wanted it to, about how um, life uh, just wasn't working. And so in this idea of changing how our lives are unfolding, instead of leaning back into old habit, uh, when we really open to the possibility that we do have the power to change our lives, uh, but yet in our stuckness, our habit, um, we keep uh, we keep reigniting. Um, I sometimes make comment about uh, we do CPR on the things that we don't want. We do them on our old beliefs. We do them on uh, the stories of things that didn't work. And we keep putting so much attention on those things that didn't work that we revitalize them. And have you ever thought, and I'm asking you this one thing, have you ever thought about how much more detail you know about what you don't want than what you do want? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And that's just one of those old behaviors. Because we start, we can give every detail about what we really don't want. But when it comes right down to what do you really want, you know, most people don't have nearly the detail. They haven't allowed themselves to really, really open to unlimited possibility. And so one of the basics of our teaching is what you focus upon expands in your experience. It doesn't necessarily physically expand, but it so completely expands in your experience that you, everywhere you look, there's a reinforcement. And if it's the case of something you don't want, you're just getting revalidated. You're doing the CPR on what you don't want. And so what I often suggest is, hey, life happens. Although sometimes you can't control your circumstances, you can always, always, always exercise control over how you relate to those circumstances. That is, okay, life happens. Am I going to let whatever happened control me or am I going to set a new cause in motion? Am I going to... Uh, have a different, uh, am I going to respond to it differently? Am I going to remember that I am constantly at choice? And so I thought uh, this week and some in the future, not necessarily sequentially, that uh, we will uh, bring up a principle that is a universal law and then look at how we can apply that universal law consciously. And so the biggie that's around, everybody seems to to know what it is, or at least they have a concept of it, is the law of cause and effect. And what that one, what that one comes down to is, like it or not, every choice has a consequence. Now, 
a lot of people think the word consequence means something bad, and it isn't. It's just every choice has a consequence. That is, something will, some reaction, response, some action, some uh, form will result from every choice. And so you may label them as good or bad, but labeling is a human pastime. The universal law of cause and effect simply responds with yes. You put in a choice and it pops out the corresponding consequence. Mm-hmm. It doesn't judge it. <laughs> it doesn't judge it and it doesn't edit it or protect you from your choices. You know, in some teachings, some people like to think that there is a, a God figure that will protect them from their own choices or the consequence of their own choices. And uh, that's not how we perceive it. We simply say every choice has a consequence. Do you like the consequence that you're generating? And that's kind of a big thing to wrap around. It would be very difficult. Yeah, when we start taking responsibility for, guess what? That was my choice. There is a consequence. I now live with the consequence, and I can make a new choice and generate a different consequence. So instead of feeling like I'm the victim of my consequence, what if I look at that consequence as feedback? If I had a really good mentor walking beside me, being in me, that simply said, there's the consequence. Do you like it? If not, change it. Do you like it? Keep it. Do you like it? No. Well, Pick a different, make another choice. Again, Ernest Holmes said, we need to have a big concept of the fundamental nature of life, God, the universe. We need to know there is, a, there is limitless abundance of all good things. And so how we perceive our universe, that is our cosmology, alters how we perceive ourselves. So do you perceive yourself as small, weak, powerless, always at the mercy of circumstance, or do you envision yourself as being as having at your disposal a measurable power that you're able to draw on the wisdom of the ages? Or by chance are you somewhere in between? Or, kind of my version, my own, is my perception is kind of conditional. It depends on the circumstances. Sometimes I feel really powerful and fully engaged with the wisdom of the ages, and other times I find myself disjointed, uh, kind of pulled away from it, distracted by circumstance. And so the bigger question is, How would you like to be? How would you like to be consistently? How would you like your life to be unfolding? And do you really mean, for instance, oh, I'd like to be powerful beyond measure? 
does that actually scare you? And if so, you're like a lot of other people. Because the idea of being really powerful beyond measure means there's responsibility that goes with it. And that's what scares people into maybe even kind of liking the idea that they don't have control, don't have the power of choice, because then they're not responsible. They can say the devil made them do it or whatever, or they can get into the blame game. They can get caught up in, um, in uh, it's easier to blame somebody else than say, yes, I, I, cho- I made that choice, and it had consequence. And mm-hmm. so I'm making a new one if I didn't like that. I hear those, hmm. <laughs> How about... If you don't mind me just interjecting briefly. Sure. How about as well as people that don't want to be powerful, how about people that want to sabotage something because they really want it so much that when it happens, they feel like they must want to destroy it because it scares them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like when when something good is happening and that sometimes you can actually sabotage it not knowing you're going to sabotage it, but you you almost want to because it's not your your normal condition, not your normal thing. I think it's a similar point in a way. Like I just oh, maybe yeah. I don't want the power, right? Maybe I don't want the power. It, people might get scared that way. I think as well. Well, uh, you are you know you go right into one of the biggest mess discussions related to that and that is when when we create something you know when we get really congruent and we say hey wow this is what uh, I want I'm committed to it I am doing all of the things appropriate to produce this I have made my choice and then they uh, manifest something and it scares the daylights out of them because it is beyond their definition of normal. And other than consciously, they may very well stymie it. They may, uh, or they may run from it. That's another possibility is, oh my goodness, I didn't need, you know, yes, I want it. No, I can't handle it. And so when you ask, what about those that goes back to uh, Ernest Holmes' statement about we have to, uh, we need to have a big concept of the fundamental nature, and a very important factor in there is that when we when we dive into this thing called oneness, when we realize we're inseparable from the divine Creator, and it doesn't matter what name you put on that Creator but that instead of being separate from that creator, we have that creator, that spirit, that essence operating in us at all times. When we open to that bigger concept of the fundamental nature of life and the interconnectedness of life, then we also draw on the courage and uh, the expansiveness 
the possibilities and the potentiality that says, yes, I can be more and I'm okay hanging out in the unknown. What triggers a lot of what you brought up is the fear of the unknown. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, even in the area of abusive situations, sometimes people will run back to an abuser knowing full well that it's dangerous, but it's not as scary as the unknown. It's safe uh, and you become used to the abuse, so that becomes normal. Yeah, that then becomes normal. So it becomes and, the when it becomes the norm then we have accepted that circumstance control us and we've lost sight of the possibility or the ultimate truth that circumstance we generate circumstance we support circumstance we perpetuate circumstance and so uh, when we when we open to the possibility that we are actually imbued with this power of choice and anything that we're imbued with like power of choice that means we what we generate with that power of choice is our own tool and so uh when somebody says well how could i make that shift and i suggest often that it's made in small increments so that you can get used to it so that uh, it doesn't just jump up there and wow now what do I do with uh, with this marvelous consequence I mean it can be absolutely fabulous and scare the daylights out of us and so uh, uh, some questions that you can ask yourself uh, that will help work into this whole new way of being or expand on an existing way of being is to be mindful, to be your own witness that is really observing what's going on in you like with these questions. And so the first one I like to ask is what is calling me to make a choice at this time? Instead of just falling into default and, oh, choice, that's what happens. Instead, ask, what is it that's going on? What's calling me to make any choice at this time? And that expands your mental visual horizon. That, That question puts you in a place that you go, oh, maybe my choice needs to simply be not to make a choice. Or maybe I have clarity about the possibilities here. And so then the next and related question is what aspect of myself is responding to the need or desire to choose? that uh, that one's a kind of 
convoluted question and there's probably a lot simpler way and probably just chunking it down to smaller questions. And that is, is this desire to make a choice at this time being guided by my highest self? Is it being guided by my desire to serve? Is it being guided by uh, my sense of oneness? Or is it this thing called ego, my, my humanity? Is my humanity pushing me to, uh, uh, to make a choice at this time? One of the hints is if I'm feeling competitive, like I want to win and tough nogies to the other guy, if that's right. the case, the odds are it's my humanity. That's not my higher self because my higher self doesn't need to compete. It doesn't right. need to, yeah. And so by asking what's calling me and then saying, hey, what what aspect of me is engaging with the need or desire to make a choice at this time? So then uh, when, when in that, awareness in that awakeness some questions to ask yourself is uh, when you are in that choice process is my choice in harmony with divine attributes that is is it beautiful does it bring joy uh, does it bring harmony right. uh, does it yeah uplift and serve is uh, another aspect of that is the likely effect of my choice aligned with the highest good for all concerned? That's a big global question. And is, is, is the likely effect of my choice aligned with the highest good for all? So then another uh, beautiful one with that is, am I congruent? That is, is every aspect of me in alignment with the likely effect of my own choice? That's when you can hear this uh, inner voice that may be arguing and the um, the argument might be, yeah, this is good for a lot of people, but uh, yeah, tough nuggies to those others. Or another thing that can come up in that is, I'm sure going to look good. Hey, if I could do this thing, I'm going to really look good. Okay, looking good is probably not your highest self that's asking that question. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Even though I do look and good, so, though. But, but, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between, yes, I do look good, I'm put together, and I'm looking good. Because I look fantastic. Yeah. So this weaving of principle and practice, that is recognizing that cause and effect is constantly going on, and um, moving to that place that says, 
yes, I have, I can consciously use this, then the beauty of it is that we then are actually living in the present moment. We are actually being awake and aware in our own life journey. One of the things that saddens me every so often is I will get so consumed with my doing this that I'll look back at my own, at a segment of my own life, and I discover that I'm, I'm sort of a vague historian for my own life, and I don't want to simply be a historian. No. I want to make sure. And I just heard the short number. More of a futurist, talk. I would, I would like to be. Yeah. And we are about to run out of time. And so I know. I, that, want to... I was jumping in. <laughs> Forgive me. I didn't no. mean to jump in. Um, but, no, yeah, we're about I, down I, to the last minute. So anything you want to plug in as a closing statement, to... just yeah, go ahead and hit a rip. Dive in and invite everyone to uh, join us. Uh, we are at the Arlington Arts Center. We go by the rear entrance. Uh, Center for Spiritual Living Metro, and the address is 3550 Wilson Boulevard, Arlington. We gather at 10 a.m. We do have a meditation at 9.15 each and every Sunday morning, and then the first Sundays of every month, so that's coming up very soon, we have an hour of meditation with singing bowls, and we do that at Blue Nectar Yoga at 513 West Broad Street, Falls Church from 745 to 845. Right. Go to cslmetro.org and check out everything that we are doing. We have a brand new website. So thank you so much. Thank you so much again. Next time I'll schedule it for 45 minutes. It will show up in the archives. Anything we talk after will show up on the archives because it ran out of oh. time. So the live listeners won't hear exactly what we're saying now, but it will show up on the archives. Next time I'll schedule for 45 minutes, or or, or you can um, – that, that way if we talk a little over, it spills in and still stays on live. But it's okay. Thank you. As far as I'm concerned, it will still be in the archive, and you're a blessing to us. And thank you so much, Reverend Trish. Thank you. This was great to have the conversation. I really uh, – that, that's so rich and wonderful. Thank you. All right. Thank you, and have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye now.